Hi, my name is Laura and my single-minded story is labelled. Even if this guy is amazing and ticks every box in every list that we shouldn't have about people, but even if he's great, I can't really talk to him about how I'm struggling that God's not answering this prayer. And like to me, I was like, oh, this is going to be a waste of time. No, all I heard was, it's better to be married to anyone than it is to be single. And so what that ended up doing was just shutting down the conversation. I just didn't bring it up again. Welcome back to another episode of Single Minded Stories brought to you by Single Minded. We're a podcast about singleness but for everyone. In each episode, we chat with a different single Christian about their single minded story. They share with us their joys, their challenges, their opportunities, and also the growth that has been part of their singleness story and, most importantly, part of their life with Jesus. Today, I have with me Laura. Thanks for coming on and being willing to share your single-minded story with us. At the top of the episode, you gave us a sneak peek that your story is one that you describe as labelled. I'm excited and intrigued um, to to plumb those depths a little bit more as we go through. Um, But for the moment, Laura, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm a healthcare professional working in Sydney. I grew up in Canberra um, in a Christian home going uh, to church most weeks with my family. But I think it was when I was a teenager in, I think about year eight, um, I went on a scripture union camp with my friend. And I think I was really challenged there to to think about what it means to be a Christian and make that faith my own. Um, like I looked at the leaders um, and they were Christian and I looked at myself and I was Christian, but it didn't really um, match up in that same way. And so... I, yeah, I really thought about what does it mean to have Jesus as Lord of my life. Um, and so I think that's when I made my faith my own. I don't know what else to say. Um, I'm in my early 40s. Great. Tell us tell us something um, interesting. Yeah, give us a fun fun fact about you. Now, there's, there's no pressure here. We have had um, someone who was a goat herder and basically grew up in a circus uh, in previous episodes. So, you know, there's no pressure to kind of reach that bar. But if you've got something that gets up there, give it to us. Um, Okay, so my fun fact, I'm a massive extrovert. Um, From time to time at work, we do those extrovert, introvert, you know, personality quizzes. And I generally get somewhere between 98 and 100%. And to be honest, I'm a bit disappointed if I get lower than that. Um, So (laughs) I need about an hour of alone time once a year and I'm good to go. Um, it's pretty funny. I've, I've been very privileged to travel a bit with my work and when I do that on my own, after about a day on my own, I start messaging people back at home because I'm just really bored. There's no one to talk to. Do you live by yourself? Do you share a flat with people? What's, what does that look like as an extrovert? Yeah, I live in a share house at the moment and my job has a lot of people focused. So you're sorted. I'm sorted. It's the opposite of me. I am recharged by just everybody leave me alone. Just (laughs) give me my space. (laughs) Um, I love people, but I also also know that I do well when I've got a bit of alone time. So it's fascinating how God makes us differently, isn't it? Absolutely. Sometimes I have to think, no, don't talk. They're introverted. They need their time. And I'll be sitting there going, can I talk yet? Like, (laughs) it's very funny. 
Okay, so that's a little bit about you, your background. Tell us a little bit about your singleness story. So I'm single, never married. And I guess the story, there's no real story to it. It's just I've gone on with life, you know, hoping and praying that a fam- like a husband and a family would happen and it hasn't. And now I find myself in my early 40s. You know, there's probably lots of reasons and I could go into the broken hearts or whatever stories, but I won't. Um, it's just, yeah, this is where I am. It's not where I expected to be. It's not, I guess, what I prayed and hoped where I would be, but it is where I am. Thank you. I think that feels a familiar story for, certainly for me, and I expect many, many of our listeners who are single would be able to, to resonate with that. We're going to talk a little bit later about sort of what that story has looked like in the context of, you know, church community and things like that too. But before we do, you know, you just described your singleness as kind of unexpected, not what you were praying for, but it is what it is. And so seeking to kind of live with that reality for so long as it is your reality, that brings certain challenges and complexities to being single. Uh, so what what have been some of those challenges and complexities for you? And what does faithfulness as a Christian person looked like in the midst of those challenges and complexities? So I think I keep coming back to Jesus is worth it. So over the time, over, you know, as I was going through my 20s and 30s, you know, well-meaning, non-Christian work friends would love to try and set me up, you know. Oh, I've got this great guy. You, you, you know, you get along really well, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, having to say, oh, does he go to church? Is he Christian? You know, remember my faith is pretty important to me. And then kind of looking at you a bit strange, oh, yes, I'm sure he's very spiritual or he's he's a bit religious. And I'm like, they're not the same thing. Um, you know, I'm trying to, how, how do you ask your work colleague, is Jesus Lord of that other guy's life? You know, it's kind of that sort of um, question. And so, you know, there were lots of times I said no, um, no to that. And then I get called things like fussy and, oh, no wonder you're still single at this age. And I think there was one particular friend who just really wore me down. She was like, what's the problem? It's just dinner. Can't you just be friends? You know, there's no problem. And I was like, I just got sick of her nagging me about it. And I was like, fine, let's go for dinner. And so, um, you know, it was her husband and his bestie or something. I was walking up to dinner and earlier that day, I'd been um, seeing a friend of mine, you know, faithful Christian lady and her and her husband had been trying to have kids for a while and she'd had a miscarriage. And it was just this horrible, horrible situation. I came away, you know, going, come on, God, like, what are you doing? These are a, this is a great couple. They'll, they'll raise their child to love Jesus. Like, why wouldn't you want to bless them this way? And so I was kind of, I'm a, you know, I'm not backward in coming forward. And I, I take the Psalms invitation to lament to God. So I was walking up to this dinner, just kind of having a bit of a pray and having it out with God, really, let's face it. Anyway, I was kind of walking up the hill and I thought, oh, far out, I've got this dinner now. And then, you know, this whole thing had been taking up my mind as I pray for my friend, as I try and love her and support her. And I thought, even if this guy is amazing and ticks every box in every list that we shouldn't have about people, but even if he's great, I can't really talk to him about how I'm struggling that God's not answering this prayer. And like, to me, I was like, oh, this is going to be a waste of time. You know, I went to the dinner. There wasn't a second date. It was fine. But I think it's that having to go and say, no, that Jesus is worth it. This is this is the thing that 
centers, my life is centered around and that is the priority. And so that sometimes there's a cost with that. And it's not just on the, it's, it's the facings, it's what our struggles are, what our prayers are. But it's also about, you know, a lot of my spare time I spend serving at church or doing things at church, you know, like if someone's not on board with that, then I think it makes a relationship really difficult. Yeah, I was going to, when you started talking about, you know, choosing not to date a non-Christian, I was going to sort of plumb the depths of that a bit further, but I think you did that for us. And what, what an incredible moment that was to, you know, in the midst of your lament and despair to God, for that to also be a moment in which he taught you something really significant about the importance of being able to do that and how difficult and challenging it would be to not be able to do that in the company of a man who just doesn't get that. You know, we we can kind of, the whole dating, marrying a non-Christian thing, there's all sorts of abstract discussions we can have about that and they're important to have. But that moment of kind of realisation and insight must have been quite profound for you, I imagine. Yeah, abs- absolutely it was. And uh, I also recognise that there are people out there that that's not their story. You know, they started dating and then they became a Christian and you're dating a non-Christian. I know there's many, many um, different places that people might be and I don't I don't want to judge in that but for me it was a this thing is taking up is consuming me how do I how do you not talk about the person who's meant to be your partner in life about those consuming things like to me those that just doesn't work that's not a relationship that's just a you know an acquaintance even yeah yeah thank you for sharing um yeah, what faithfulness for you looked like in that complexity. Have there been other challenges or complexities in your singleness? I think, I mean, without, I don't know if it's too soon to move into things people say. Um, and, you know, these have come from people at church. So it's never too say. soon to move into <laughs> things that people say. <laughs> um, I like, can we call them dumb things people say? Um, I think I feel labelled as, as a single person. Sometimes I feel like people take it as an invitation to give feedback. You know, they mean well, they mean well, but... Um, this is know, Christian Christian friends you're talking about at this stage? Yeah. As well, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, and like some of your good friends, right? Your good friends should give you feedback. And so like a couple of the stories that come to mind, you know, one of the ones was a friend at church who we were at a working bee, I think it was, and there weren't many people there. Perhaps, I don't know, we didn't advertise it enough. We picked a bad weekend when the weather was really good and everyone's at the beach or whatever reason. We just didn't have a good turnout. I should probably, I'm not sure if a working, I don't know if a working bee is an Australian thing or if maybe I'm just showing how ignorant I am here. But in case no one, someone doesn't know what a working bee is, it's essentially a day or a couple of hours where everyone gets together and just does stuff around the property and tidies things up and fixes things and does maintenance. And churches here in Australia certainly have them quite often where they sort of put out an open invitation to congregation and usually, as you've just said, a handful of people turn up to to do it so sorry to interrupt no 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 um people from both services morning and evening are invited to come to this working bee help clean the kitchen whatever um and my friend who had been with me at the evening service but had moved to the morning service because she'd recently had children kind of made this offhand comment well where are all the single people why aren't they here helping and I was kind of like well (laughs) they've got stuff on too and you know on the one hand reflecting I was like oh I think it was a bit of her cost you know she had to make sure that her husband could look after her kid it was obviously 
hard to get out of the house that day. She had a small baby. She'd made it a priority and others hadn't. And I could see that lament, but I was like, can we just remove the single label of that? Why couldn't it just be, why couldn't people get more organized and try and prioritize this as a thing? Because that's what she's really saying. But we were just pigeonholed. Actually, there's a working bee on all the single people don't have anything to do because they're not raising children or looking after a family. They they should be here. And I so I guess it's that whole, you know, I know, I know we're not raising children. I know like not only are you trying to keep a human alive, you're trying to raise them to know Jesus, to be good citizens, to like I know that that's a big deal. But a single person, I would say, you know, I'm also working full time. I'm the only person who can take out the garbage or apart from my housemate. But, um, you know, like I have to do my own grocery shopping. I, I pay all the bills. I work out, you know, all the decisions you might do collectively, I have to do on my own. And so whilst it might look like I have more time, sometimes I don't. And I think that even comes down to, you know, I, each year I would sort of take some time out, think about and pray about how am I going to serve next year? Like, I don't just want to keep doing the same thing. So I try and intentionally carve out some time and really think about that. And so I'd be like, okay, this is what I have. This is the time I have to serve at church and serve and do it well. I don't like doing things by halves. Yet when people say to me, oh, well, why aren't you doing more? Like immediately that you've got so much time. It's like, well, actually, you've just undone all this, you know, prayerfully considered decision making that I've tried to do. And I know that they don't mean it. They just, we, we are quick to judge. You know, it's a bit, it's not to quote Ted Lasso, but I do love it. When he's like, um, be curious, not judgmental. Like actually, what would it say? Oh, what, what other things are you doing in your life that make getting along to the next working be hard? What's like, what's going on? Mm. And I wonder if there's something as well with um, those Christians who are, you know, blessed to marry quite young, um, haven't and it is a wonderful blessing, but they, they often haven't experienced adult life for very long as a single person, certainly sort of out of university or college age into working. And actually there are lots of complexities that come with being unmarried in life that aren't always easy and uh, people don't always have a good grasp on what some of those complexities are if they haven't lived it out themselves. This podcast is a ministry of the Single-Minded Ministry. Here at Single-Minded, we develop faithful resources about singleness that equip Christians, encourage Christian communities, and shape Christian culture. We'd love you to be part of that. So check out our free resource library and upcoming events, subscribe to our podcast, join our mailing list, and spread the word about Single-Minded. You can also help make our Single-Minded vision a reality by partnering with us financially. Our ministry relies on the generous financial support of our community. So to make a regular or one-off financial gift, visit www.singleminded.community forward slash give. I think my other story, I guess, came from, was actually really similar to John's story in the first episode um, and came from a much closer friend where... I was, you know, probably having a bit of a, again, a lament or a complaint, a whinge, call it what you want, um, with her one day just saying how I was struggling with singleness. And she sort of said to me, until you date every single guy at your service, don't claim, don't complain to me about being single, which like, 
she's my friend, right? But on the one hand, what she's saying is, come on, Laura, put yourself out there, ask some guys out, go online, whatever. Like she's trying to motivate me. You know, all I heard was it's better to be married to anyone than it is to be single. And so what that ended up doing was just shutting down the conversation. I just didn't bring it up again for a while. Eventually we did and I told her that it was a bit hurtful. And of course she was horrified. She's like, oh, no, I meant it as a joke. I was trying to get you to go, get you motivated. But um, it's those things that just cut a bit close. And again, it's the kind of thing that people say as your friend did you know she she meant it as a bit of a joke it had a little bit of an edge to it but people don't often realize particularly if it's not the first time you've heard something like that or you know you're getting other comments about your singleness from other people it it can actually add up and be quite demoralizing and exhausting in the end can't it that that idea of sort of the label of singleness carries a lot with it Thankfully, singleness is not all challenge and complexities. God is very kind and he does bring blessing to us and others in our singleness. Uh, what, what have been some of the ways that God has blessed you and other people in your life through your singleness? For me, so I made a conscious decision when people sort of around me and my age, um, as I got older, they got married, had kids, moved to the morning service. I made a conscious decision to stay at the evening. And so that meant I was almost, you know, I'd been in the service for a long time, but I didn't know people very well because my core group, I guess, had moved on. And so blessing came in unexpected friendships of getting to know new people or people who I'd known for a little bit, but getting to know them at a deeper level um, was just really lovely. Um, And I've made some extra dear friends out of it. And, you know, I, I probably would have made friends if I'd moved services with my friends who had kids and wanted me to move with them I'm sure I would have as well but actually in choosing to stay was just really lovely and I guess just as I got got older and get older just being able to I guess speak and encourage people who are in a similar situation to I was not that long ago um, you know in their late 20s and um, and early 30s and um, yeah be a part of that do life with them yeah I think the other blessing is I just love it when families at church and my friends just absorb me into their family you know they'll ring me oh we're going to the park do you want to come and I'm like yeah I want to come like it's just the ordinary everyday life like it doesn't have to be anything you know I don't want the red carpet rolled out like let me come over when the house is a mess you know I've got a joke with some of my friends that like if you clean up for me I'll be offended like (laughs) <laughs> just just let me come let me be part of the chaos I don't care if the kids tipped the lo- lego bucket over the floor a minute before I walk in like just let me be a part of your family and the blessing that comes from you know playing with their children and doing play-doh or the Wii and you know the um, I'm a big sucker for the dancing game on the Wii um, you know all the things that just being a part of their family um, my my DNA family my family I'm related to don't live in Sydney so I really miss that just you know having family close by and so my church family are my family my urban family uh, if you will and so I just I really love it when people invite me in in that way. And that's a, that must also be a blessing for them. It's a blessing for you, but it's a blessing for them to know that you know they have someone in their life who wants to come over into the chaos that they don't need to you know tidy up their life for. And it gets to be part of real life, messy life on the ground. Uh, so, that you know, I'm sure that that is a blessing in reverse for them as well. Yeah, I, mean, I hope so. And I think I would say to that 
um, to any of the married people listening, it's helpful for the single people if you guide that. Like we know how chaotic it is. I, I can see that it's hard. And so, you know, once, you know, for friends who I might have said, oh, I'm going up to, you know, the local um, shops or something, do you want to come? Or I'm going to the markets, do you want to come? I, I hesitate to do that now because I don't want you to get FOMO, remembering I'm a massive extrovert, so FOMO is real. <laughs> um, so I wait for them to say, hey, do you want to do something today? Like, let me guide you. Like, tell me what you want to do because your life is chaotic more than mine in that sense. Like, I, don't, I just don't want to make you feel bad in that setting. And then I think also just helping them, like I've realised if I say to people, I'm going to the shops, can I pick anything up for you? They're more likely to say, oh, yes, could you grab me two litres of milk? Rather than if I said, can I do, let me know if you need any help, then they don't get in touch, right? Those little things that are just like, I'm thinking of you, I'm doing this, does that help you? Like, let, let me help you, I guess. But keep the communication open about that because it's as a single person, once your friends start having kids and you don't really know what's going on, you know, it's hard. Everyone says it's really hard. And so you don't really know how to help in that and what is helpful and what's not. So tell them what is. The other blessing I would say is actually, I was thinking about this. Um, I love when your friends have been, uh, when you've been praying for a baby for them and then you get to hold that baby Um there's just something really special. You know, often we pray for things that feel a bit abstract, like, I don't know, new job or whatever. Like, I guess a new job's not really abstract, but, you know, things that aren't, you can't hold them in your hands and go, this is a good gift from God and an answer to prayer. So I would say that's a really amazing blessing. And then to watch those children and pray for them as they grow and be a part of their lives, it's really lovely. Yeah, and that that can be. It's not it's not the case for all singles, but it can be a, a thing for many singles that we actually get to be part of the lives of children and many different children in quite unique and long-term ways that can be a real blessing. And as I said, it's not for every single, um, but but it, it can be one of the blessings of, of singleness, yeah. Well, Laura, you've told us uh, your story of blessings and challenges in singleness, and you've, you've kind of hinted at church community on the way through that. But could you talk to us a little bit more about what ways your church community has been part of that story for you? Two things come to mind. Um, the first one was, oh, I don't even know when it was, probably about... 10 years ago, a little bit less, maybe eight years ago now, the church, I think trying to start the conversation, um, had this series. They got an outside speaker to come in and talk about kind of relationships things, but it was kind of like singleness, marriage, family, and there was a week on each. You know, they were kind of like go to the one, definitely go to the one of the life stage you're in, but, you know, recognising single people might one day want to be married so you can go to all of them, doesn't matter. But they they were a bit vague. Um, and anyway, so we, we had these three weeks and it was just, oh, like on the one hand, I was like, I'm glad we're talking about it. But on the other hand, I just went away feeling really disheartened and, you know, no married people came to the singles week and it just it just was really sad and I was like this is not this is not right this is not how surely this isn't how we have this conversation 
And so I think what that that did, thankfully, we have a, a wonderful ministry team who were just very happy to sit down and hear what was hard about all of that. And they listened. And I was recognizing, like, I was hoping that this thing would be just an encouragement for me in the difficult parts of my singleness. And it just wasn't. And whilst I was grateful that they had tried to have the conversation, I was like, well, the next time this comes up on the sermon roster or whatever will be what, three years time? Isn't that what the cycle is? So um, I think that that whole experience just opened the conversation afterwards, even though from something negative, um, they were able to listen. And then we just started having those conversations a lot more organically. I think the second thing that happened um, was, Danny, you started your PhD. Um, so I don't know if this is outing you, but Danny and I go to the same church um, or, or church network. I don't know how you call it. I think that gave a lot of credibility to people going, oh, singleness is a big deal that someone's doing their PhD on it, right? Like, I think you just started the conversation and certainly started talking more, you know, we also had an expert to come in and talk to us properly <laughs> and not butcher it up, um, which was really great. But it just, I think it put a lot of credibility that someone was willing to give up four years of their life to spend on this and go, no, this is something that we don't always do well and there's lots we can learn from this space oh thank you for sharing that I'm, I'm glad that um yeah my work has been a blessing and a benefit to my church community in that way you know that's um that's a joy to hear so thanks for sharing that and you know going back to your um your comment before I think the series that you talked about it might have been before I joined the church or you know I'm not quite sure I think I don't really have memory of that at the time but that is one of the reasons why we kind of have a slogan for single-minded that all the things we do that are about singleness are for everyone because actually it's not just a case that the single people in church are the ones who have to think through singleness and the married people in church are the ones who have to think through married. We're a body together. We're in this together. We need to know and love and care for each other together. And the reality is it's not just that the direction goes in one way from single people to marriage you know 50% of married people will end up you know more than in some circumstances will end up single again uh, and so it's really important for our churches to be places where we actually see thinking through marriage and singleness as being important for all of us together so I, I very much resonate with with that concern. Absolutely and again just removing that label actually just ask the person in front of you what's been a joy in this week and what's what's been hard it might be they've been up in the up to their elbows in nappies uh, or their kid learnt toilet train let's celebrate that like it might be they got a promotion at work or they I don't know they grew a new flower and it didn't kill a plant that was a gift like let's just do life together and forget trying to label the life let's just love and encourage one another Thank you for sharing your story with us, Laura. Uh, I really am very thankful for all our guests because it's, you know, it's a big call to come on to a podcast like this and sort of lay yourself bare and your story, your story bare for a bunch of strangers to listen to. So thank you for being willing to do that. Um, as we finish, what encouragement would you have for our listeners, whether they're married or single, as they pursue Christ in their own stories? I... I'm just going to pull out my Bible. The verse that I keep coming back to is Psalm 73. 
Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I think for me, when I'm really struggling with singleness and when things are going great and I'm, you know, getting on with it, whatever my season, that verse just really grounds me that, you know, earth has nothing I desire besides you. And that includes a husband and kids. Some days that's really hard to pray and other days it's really easy. And I think that's okay, right? God is a big God. He can deal He can deal with all of that. And so, yeah, I think just keep coming back to him, Jesus, and, you know, it, it is worth it. Sometimes it feels really hard. And now I'm in my 40s, you know, the, the kidship is pretty much sailed, right? And there's a lot of there's a lot of grief in that. There's a lot, you know, there's 20 years of praying for that. And now the answer is no, probably. So, um, but I keep coming back to that, that actually God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And that is the most important. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for taking us back to God's word with that word of encouragement and reminding us that God is our portion and all that we need. And he's so faithful, even in the midst of our tears and grief. He's so faithful. So thank you. I'm sure that those who are listening have been really encouraged by you. Uh, if you are listening, uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our Single Minded Stories. Give us a review on whatever podcast app that you are listening to us on and spread the word about Single Minded Stories. If, if you're single, go and tell a married friend how much you've enjoyed the episodes of Single Minded Stories. If you're married, go and let a single friend who hasn't actually heard about Single Minded Stories know about us as well. If you're new to us, you can find out much more about Single Minded at our website, www.singleminded.community. We have a whole lot of talks and webinars and resources and Q&A sessions up there and they're all for free. Um, So do go and check out our website. Uh, And remember, as a ministry, we really do rely on the generous financial support of our community. So we'd really love it if you consider partnering with Single Minded Financially. To do that, you can give a regular or a one-off gift really easily at our website, www.singleminded.community slash give. Thanks for joining us and we'll look forward to seeing you or having you with us at another single-minded episode soon. Thanks for listening to Single-Minded Stories. For more information about Single-Minded, to access our resource library or to partner with us financially, visit www.singleminded.community. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and X. Thanks to Danny Treweek and John Lee, our co-hosts, Sarah Sarangallo, our podcast editor, and Aaron Talada, who created our theme music. <laughs>